Thanks for joining us today at the Hospitality Hangout. This is a hospitality-focused podcast featuring my buddy and partner, the restaurant guy, and I am the finance guy. My name is Jimmy Frischling. Let me introduce my partner, Shatsy. Thanks, Jimmy. I am uh, Michael Schatzberg, also known as the restaurant guy, but you can call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personality behind Brandon's Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. I'm excited to bring you this episode as this is the first part of a multi-series we're going to be doing at the Hangout for contactless everything. That'll include contactless ordering, payments, reservations. If we can make it contactless for our guests and customers, we're going to be focusing on that. This is as it relates to how to navigate for both owners, operators, and also customers during this COVID period, as well as coming out of this post-pandemic. Thanks, Jimmy. As you know, I mean, on the restaurant side, I've been doing this with you together, Jimmy, on the restaurant side for past 25 years. We've always been early adopters of technology. I know it doesn't sound early now, but, you know, using Open Table 22, 23 years ago when it was a startup, that was uh, revolutionary. Using a company that we all know as uh, Grubhub today, but Seamless Web was, uh, Jimmy, I remember when you uh, were working in finance in Midtown and you were like, Shats, you got to check out this seamless web and you can get orders for the restaurant and they can feed the offices. I mean, that was a long time ago, 20 years ago. So we've always been early adopters of technology and always we're looking for ways to uh, see how we can improve the guest experience, how we can be more efficient. And I think contactless and mobile is something that we've always embraced. You know, mobile payments have come a long way, even if I haven't. I'm still relatively new to this thing called the iPhone, which, by the way, I think has a chance uh, coming off a long history as a BlackBerry user. But despite my own technical limitations, I'm embracing tech and trying to be a savvy learner. I guess I would say, Shads, when was the first time you looked at contactless or different payment solutions for our restaurants? Yeah, that's a great question, Jimmy, because we've been searching for a solution for this problem for a long time. And I remember one of our restaurants, uh, City Crab and Seafood over on Park Avenue South here in New York City, people came to us, uh, I mean, now it's got to be six, seven years ago, at least maybe longer, probably longer than that. And um, saying they had a solution where uh, customers could pay using their phone or a tablet. At the time, it was really a tablet, if I remember, even open table fiddled around with the idea of you make a reservation, your credit card information was already in your reservation, and when you were done, you can just get up and leave. And we had companies like, um, I think it was uh, Cover, it was uh, Pay My Tab, there was a couple other ones, I don't remember the names right now, but they all tried to do this, and it just wasn't ready, I think, from the consumer side for adoption. So it's a long time ago, we never really found the right solution, Jimmy. Well, that's enough walking down history, and I want to fast forward and get us current and get today's guests involved in our hangout. Clearly, contactless ordering and payments have come a long way, and thankfully, we've got great people, great companies that are working uh, with the industry to help us figure this all out. So with that in mind, we want to welcome our good friend and partner, Mr. Steve Simone. He is the CEO and co-founder at Bebot. We ought to have some fun with Steve. And again, we've been working with him for a while, and he is such a hospitality-centric CEO and operator. And we love being both a customer of Bebot's and our restaurants. And in full disclosure, we are also an investor in Steve's company. Steve, we welcome you to give us a little intro and background on yourself. And thanks for being here on The Hangout. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's great to be on the cast with you guys. I guess this is hopefully the first of many. My background, I started off 
about 13 years ago now in the Navy, kind of a non-traditional naval officer job where we worked at a headquarters in Washington, D.C. called Naval Reactors. And that was my first job out of college. I was working to basically improve the reactor instrumentation and control systems on uh, the next generation of submarines and aircraft carriers. And we would get that software and hardware deployed. Kind of a boring government job sometimes, though, because, you know, it takes like a couple of years to build a submarine and like really see your work. But it was it was definitely interesting. And then after that, I um, my girlfriend, now wife, we moved to San Francisco and got into software. So I went from nuclear engineering to marketing technology and spent some time in the Bay Area at a company called Marketo. Learned a lot about how people use enterprise software and it made me want to get into enterprise software more. And fast forward to today, we are delivering an enterprise product to small, medium, and large businesses in the hospitality space. Oh, wait, one second. Wait, wait, Steve, back up for a second. Yeah. Where are the robots? Where were the robots delivering the, the bottles from the <laughs> peeling? Where'd that, yeah. When was that? Yeah, you know, I was giving you the abridged version. So obviously, I was just, I was no, waiting. We got to hear about that. That's big stuff. That's what attracted Jimmy and I to you. <laughs> Steve, I think the commonality that you and Chat share is that you um, are an expert in nuclear engineering and were a naval officer. And Chats was really good at the game Battleship growing up. <laughs> And um, yeah, is, I tell you, that is really the bond I saw form. Shatz's prowess in, in Battleship and Steve uh, gave his own intro in terms of what he was doing with uh, nuclear submarines. But but there's the commonality. Thank you, Jimmy. You're you were correct. That is the only thing we have in common. <laughs> we have more in common than that. Come on now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I, I, just, I thought it was really interesting before you got into this, the, the whole, I mean, when we first met you, your thesis was really, I mean, you were delivering bottles to tables. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, we haven't changed our company name because I like it. But originally, you know, we're nuclear engineers, me and my co-founders, we're all we all met in the Navy. Yeah, the original idea was conceived in a in a nightclub. We were sitting there and we thought that the ceiling space was pretty unused. Like in most spaces, not, nothing was really on the ceiling besides lights or sprinkler systems. So we thought, you know, our original idea was to create backfittable hardware on the ceiling that would serve guests. And, you know, we spent about a year in a garage building those and designing those robots from scratch. And we have a couple deployed out in the field now, particularly at a nightclub in Cincinnati called Tokyo Kitty. They operate two of the original B-Bot robots, and they've been operating that for two years. Thank you, Steve. You know, as we jump into kind of our Q&A and hopefully present some insights uh, to our listeners, I don't think anyone uh, would think of a more important question to someone of your stature and prowess than as someone who has spent time in two tech-forward cities, that being San Francisco and New York City, which one takes the cake? Which one's the stronger tech city? Not to put you on the spot that we I, all about in New York. I mean, look, it's definitely San Francisco. And that's uh, for the today's podcast. Probably not even close. No, sorry. And, and you know, we moved to New York from the Bay Area primarily because we saw an opportunity here to improve this ecosystem and, and be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, um, so to speak. So we think that the community here around tech is so much better than San Francisco. Like the actual economy, like the people that can consume software. So we think that more Bay Area companies should be moving east is a massive opportunity. It was a big part of our strategy and thesis to come across the country. So Steve, give us a little bit. Uh, so we talked about the, the robots or the, 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 the bots that were delivering bottles to the tables. It intrigued Jimmy and I. You came here to New York, Brooklyn, I believe. 
and uh, you had an idea. You met uh, a restaurant owner in Brooklyn. Can you give me a little of that? Because that's really how you kind of pivoted from the robots to where you kind of are now and, and going. So you've been yeah. looking that. That's a great story. Yeah. So we, like any good startup or anything really, no product survives first contact with the market. So, you know, we had our first product. We did get a customer on it. It's pretty fun product, but there are some underlying parts of that product that other customers found most interesting, particularly the software ordering system. So we were just trying to sell the robots at a trade show in New York City at the Javits Center. And a bar owner named Tommy from Brooklyn comes up to our booth and, you know, he didn't have a ceiling for the robots. So, but he was really intrigued by the ordering system and was wondering if he could have all the software without the robotics part. Tommy owns the barge out in Brooklyn on the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, Tom, so like we were still living in San Francisco at the time, but when Tommy signed up after the trade show, that's when we decided, hey, maybe there's something much bigger here. And then, I mean, this was 2018, early 2018. We started looking at the market and we realized that you can't really go into a restaurant and order on your phone. No one lets you do that. So we said, maybe that's the bigger part of our system. Why don't we move across country and go live by Tommy's bar and, and really build this out with him? And so we like launched it there. And I mean, the rest is history. The rest is history, as they say. Because I mean, Jimmy and I didn't meet you much I don't remember the exact date, but we didn't meet you much after that. It was really early on because I remember you invited us to the barge to see it. You really weren't in a lot of locations. And we thought it was the coolest thing ever that you would uh, use your phone, scan a QR code, and, and order and pay. And people were bringing me buckets of beers within, within minutes. Yeah, I really enjoyed, like still, I'm sad right now that they're, they're closed down right now for the COVID crisis. But yeah, it's like my favorite place to go because it was obviously our first customer in New York City and they do it so well. And it's such a good spot to show off the technology right there on the water. It's really an honor to have him as a customer. And we met you guys like right after. You never forget your first time. So Steve, I respect that you continue to go <laughs> back. You continue to go back to the barge and we all look forward to being back there and having some beers and fun together. You are so tech forward. I mean, you were doing contactless ordering over two years ago. We've been working with you now for up and over a year. And now all of a sudden, it's as though you had a crystal ball because what's most in vogue and what people are now desperately searching for and need as really a tactical and, and actionable solution is the issue of contactless ordering and payment. It's essentially become a global movement. So Away from COVID, you guys made a big commitment to this and we loved it. But what was it that signaled to you that this was not just a, a one-off in, in an outdoor uh, barge, outdoor bar and grill, but was something that was going to really be taking the whole uh, thing to a different level? Yeah. Well, I think that after we launched the barge and saw the impact on his business, we looked at his numbers after the first season and then after the second season. We really believe that what's missing for small business owners is technology that helps them affect their top and bottom line. So like effectively automation, like we wanted to provide a system to operators to let them be more efficient because it's, you know, it's tough to be an operator. As you guys know, there's high rent, there's high labor, a lot of costs. You got to, you have an uncertain demand of people coming in the door. And so technology can, there's two, the two ways to solve that are either figure out a way to lower the real estate cost, which I've never heard of that happening or use technology to lower your, your in-venue costs. And so we just, I've always been on the belief that operators needed new tools to lower costs and increase sales. And so we just continued to double down on that, you know, before coronavirus or after, it doesn't matter. So 
from the standpoint of when you started selling the smart ordering solution, uh, which we'll say pre-COVID, and to now, and as we look out, how has your business evolved? Uh, and how do you see it continuing to evolve? I think that where it's headed is more product investment. So, you know, we've effectively invested a few million dollars in sweat equity and our own money into building this software suite out over the years. And I think that we're just getting started. So I expect over the next two years, another five to 10 million in product investment to build a a large platform. Like we're trying to build effectively what we call internally Shopify for restaurants, you know, one-stop e-commerce shop for a restaurant owner to be able to implement in-venue ordering, out-of-the-venue ordering, wherever ordering is taking place, we want to facilitate that. And we call it Shopify because we want to be able to also have it connect to all the other apps in the ecosystem. And so there's just a lot more to build, and I think it's going to take a few years. You know, Steve, our thesis over at Branded Strategic is we feel that uh, it's not just restaurants. We feel that hospitality is really all-encompassing of anywhere that food and beverage is is sold or consumed. So it really is a, it's a big market. You started in restaurants and you've been focusing on restaurants. Can you give us a little color of what other market segments in hospitality are you focused on other than just restaurants? I mean, I see this could be a great solution for hotels, for offices. Uh, can you give us a little color on that? Absolutely. So wherever the guests are is essentially to your point, irrelevant. Like the guests are in offices, they could be in parks, they could be in the restaurant, they could be at home. And so this technology, because it's a platform for the restaurants to facilitate ordering, we would love to let them facilitate ordering when guests are in their offices. And so we can go with really unique tools when you dig in on that and how we can do that even better than before. And so we, we have a few clients who, as real estate companies, that want to serve their office tenants better. And so we make tools to help do that at the restaurant level, but also at the logistics level of getting the the product up to the office. And I think that's another pretty huge market. You know, I think one of the things that was incredibly attractive to Shatsumi really was just how easy it was as a customer to engage, sign up, and how user-friendly it was for a customer. But for businesses, uh, particularly some that have been a little bit more um, slow to embrace tech, we'll call them our uh, we'll call them our tech virgins, um, and maybe slow to embrace some of the uh, innovations that were coming online. What is it like to work with first-time businesses, and how quickly or how easy it is to onboard or a business to embrace and onboard Bebop? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to onboard the outside of the four walls ordering, like the online ordering and delivery product. I mean, we can do that in 24 hours. If you want to implement in-venue contactless ordering, that can take a little longer, if you, depending on which point of sale system you have, just because it's a little more complicated, essentially around the configurability of the system. We've learned a lot from restaurateurs and the needs they have when you let guests order on their phone and venue. And so we work with them and probably spend a week or two just making sure we have all the operations down right and make sure their launch goes well. You know, you started with us in terms of smart ordering on-premise, your ability and the quality which you're able to develop and launch new initiatives, products, and services is just amazing. What right now is most in vogue and what is maybe selling the best? Is payments or, or mobile ordering yeah. uh, you know, kind of the hottest thing or is it now off-premise services? Yeah, I mean, right now, off-premise is really important to make sure everyone gets that. There is a ton of 
of options for operators for that. So we're selling that, but there's a lot of obviously other competitors too, which is great. So the operators, it lowers the cost at the end of the day for the operator, which is what we all want. Um, on the in-venue piece, that's probably the biggest growth part of our business right now. Not that the operators are necessarily live yet, like they're, they're still closed down. However, they're all setting up to reopen with basically Bbot as their primary ordering system in the venue. You know, I just remember, like we talked about earlier, it was very hard to get customers to adopt this idea of ordering and paying with their phone in sit-down restaurants. Like I said, Open Table spent a, a small fortune on trying to get this done. I, I think there's going to be a giant leap now where people are going to really embrace the phone quicker than it would have if we didn't have this COVID crisis. Do you agree with that? And do you think that when this is all said and done, that people are just going to continue with the phone and this is just going to proliferate and we're going to get five years ahead, like within three months? Yeah, I think it's going to accelerate it. I don't have a crystal ball, but if I were making a prediction. After this is over, we're going to be like, oh, I'm not using my phone anymore. I'm not doing that. I just love when the waiter comes over to me and I just <laughs> love that. Or is it we're going to forget about some of those things and we're just going <laughs> to adjust? Look, it's it's really hard to see the future. Here's my prediction if everyone's got to. Yeah, I mean, if I got to make a prediction, you can put me on the spot here. I'll tell you my prediction. Jimmy, this is good. We got to write this down. So I think there's about 800,000 restaurants in the U.S., roughly, right? Or maybe 780,000 is the number I saw. Okay, here's my prediction. So I do think 18 months from now, maybe 24 months, we'll mostly go back to normal. However, I think that this crisis will have created a new category of restaurant, a restaurant that's kind of a blend between fast casual and casual full service, where it is more efficient and does use technologies like Bebot. And that'll be roughly around 200,000 units of, of the 800,000 units. So I think a quarter of restaurants are going to change their business model as a result of this. But most restaurants like fine dining, fast casual, you know, where people stand in line or fine dining where they're sitting and getting the experience of a waiter, I think that's going to go back to normal. However, there's the new category that was going to take 10 years to create in America will now be created effectively overnight. A hybrid, if you will. Yeah. I very much agree with you, Steve. I, I think the U.S. consumer, the, the customer, and their, whether you want to call it nostalgia or, or not wanting things to change, I believe is now going to leapfrog and embrace change like never before. Pay at the table has been, you know, for those of you who have traveled, you know, anywhere to the Far East or throughout Europe, pay at the table has been common for, for 20 years. The device coming to your table. In the U.S., there was really a lack of embracement. And because the customer didn't want it and restaurants and hospitality venues weren't forced to do it, we've stayed relatively old school where the credit cards leave your wallet and off somewhere in the restaurant they go to run your tab and, and whatnot. So we do think the consumers are ready to embrace these changes like never before. But you mentioned briefly before you and Chats got into a post-pandemic world, you mentioned a new partnership that you formed. And we clearly, we certainly want to give you the opportunity to talk about that because we do think it's very meaningful, not just for Bebot, but for the ecosystem that, that you and your new partners are really forging ahead with. Yeah. So Seven Rooms is a New York City technology company. They've been around much longer than Bebot, probably like five, six years longer. And they are in the table management and reservations and CRM space. So kind of they sit on the, to the side of the point of sale 
And between them and a point of sale, you can really run a lot of your front of the house operations. So we met the Joel and Ali and Kanesh, the founders, over a year ago and built a relationship with them. And we were able to find a way to all work together, which has been obviously tremendous for our business because they have a lot of already existing customers. And what we've found is that when you can bundle it all into one product suite and say like, hey, here's contact list, here's the ordering, delivery, reservations, table management, you can offer a lot of value to the restaurateur without having to then have it like evaluate multiple vendors. Steve, thank you so much for that. I want to pass it to Shats for a uh, kind of a new idea, a new segment we're doing on the Hospitality Hangout. Shats, all you. All right, we're going to try this. Steve, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you. Very insightful. We're going to go into a new uh, little part of our podcast series at Hospitality Hangout. We're going to do a, a branded quick fire. We're going to throw out a couple questions at you real quick because we really the guests really want to know what makes Steve tick. Not just the <laughs> nuclear engineer, but really what makes him tick. Steve, when it's all uh, COVID's done, first restaurant bar you're going to visit. Uh, I actually have two here. One, the Barge, and two, Bati Bar, which is an Italian spot down the street from me. In Brooklyn? Uh, well, Bati Bar's in Astoria. Got it. Where are you ordering delivery tonight? Have you decided? Uh, I am actually not ordering delivery tonight. I am cooking. Cooking? <laughs> and what's on the menu? Uh, I'm making Chinese food. In the Navy? Bunk beds, top bunk or bottom bunk? Bottom bunk. Bottom bunk. Okay, never never the top. <laughs> How many cups of coffee does a guy like Steve Simone drink a day? Eight. Eight? Yeah. All hot or any iced? <laughs> All hot. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of Scrabble, who would you have the better odds of beating? Shatsy. Come on, really? Vocabulary of maybe a six-year-old. <laughs> Throwing in a lot of four-letter words, okay? I mean, honestly. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the lightning round. I'm going to hand the mic over to, to uh, my partner, Jimmy, to close us up. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, Steve, we know how busy you are. We appreciate everything you do for you and your team and all of your customers at Bebot. And we certainly thank you for extending yourself and joining us today for our hospitality hangout. We know that there is an entire industry and hungry quarantiners that are looking for solutions. And we really encourage restaurant owners and operators to really look at the Bebot solution. We have found this team to be nothing less than awesome. We don't say that lightly. If you want more information on Bebot, you can go to their website at www.bebot.menu. Also, a special thank you to our listeners. We know there are quite a few podcasts out there, and we appreciate you choosing to spend some time with us. If you haven't already, please take a moment, subscribe to our podcast. So you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests we'll be having coming up. And better yet, why don't you invite a friend to hang out with us the next time? So for Jimmy Frischling, the finance guy, I'll say my farewell. And Michael? Thanks, Jimmy. The uh, restaurant guy, Shatsy. I just want to add in there, Jimmy, just to your point, we have been using Bebot in several of our restaurants for quite a while, and it really is a game changer. So uh, to our listeners out there, I highly suggest you reach out to Bebot because it's really, in this environment, can really be helpful to operators. So uh, from Shatsy and everybody at the Hospitality Hangout, thanks so much for joining. Till next time. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.